Welcome to Education Suspended, a podcast focused on exploring, engaging, and dialoguing with those in education who are passionate about changing the status quo and evolving the archaic system we have inherited. Hey everyone, welcome to our first reflective dissociation session of season four. Let's just talk about the basic nuts and bolts of this episode compared to the other ones. So every four episodes, Grainer and I get together and we just reflect and consolidate all the information and everything that we've learned from the previous four episodes. It's always been an insightful time for us. We find it really enriching, which is why we've continued it. But this season, we've decided to change it up a little bit. So we actually have Keba, our high school intern who does all the editing and is kicking ass at that, joining us. And I love it. I really enjoy the perspective that he brings as a student and think it just enriches our understanding as adults in this educational system. Keba, thank you for all the work that you do. And thank you for joining us and giving us your time and reflecting with us. I'm excited to have you join us on these sessions just to hear your thoughts. It's crazy to me that it's Thanksgiving week. So Hopefully you're finding some time to rejuvenate, to be with family, to be with friends and just ground yourself. I hope you all know how grateful we at Education Suspended are for the time you give us in listening to our episodes. It means a lot and uh, grateful is an understatement, I would say. All right, everybody, enjoy this first reflective dissociation episode of season four. Stay kind and curious. Keba, all right. Oh, whoa, I love that look. Hey, could you hear me? I can. Okay, perfect. I'm Steve. You're exactly what I thought you would look like, honestly. Oh. Yeah, your voice really matches you. Oh, thank you, sir. I, I, <laughs> that's just, that's funny. It's fun to hear too. Thank you. So you're yeah. out in Washington State, right? Not Washington D.C. No, I'm out at Washington State. Yeah. Tell me about your high school a little bit. Well, my high school is Lindbergh, and it's, I would say it's like medium sized. You're pretty much gonna know if you if you put yourself out there, you're gonna know pretty much everybody in the school, and. It's really based around like the American flag. That's really like our whole thing. And our mascot is even an eagle. So I would say it's a really fun school as well. Brainer, just to give you a little background knowledge. So obviously he's been kicking butt, I'll just say butt, this semester, getting our first four episodes out. And in talking with Keba two weeks ago, as we were preparing for our last release, you know, you made a comment, buddy, of like, oh, I really found that interview with Dr. Gooden really interesting. And I said, hey, you should actually join us on these reflective association sessions. It'd be really interesting from a student perspective of what you're taking away from these interviews. And so Mm -hmm. here we are. So all we do during this episode is we just talk about our own key takeaways, what really stuck with us, and that's about it. Yeah. You know, just for poops and giggles, I'm probably, I know you, but do you want to say hello to all of our listeners and talk a little bit about yourself, and then we'll just jump into our reflective dissociation time? Well, yeah, I mean, as you guys know, my name is Keba, or KG Royalty, 
if you guys hear at the ending of the podcast, you guys can hear my voice. So I'm the education suspended editor, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. About me, I would say I'm a guitarist as well as a music producer. So I know a lot about editing sounds and stuff. I also really like going to the gym. I'm very active, I would say. My schedule is like, it's very outgoing, I would say, for me, because I'm an outgoing person. I really like to put myself out there. I don't know how else I should describe myself, really. That's I mean, great. Thank you, Keva, for joining us. And Steve, I'm glad that you two could finally meet. And so we're just going to start. Yeah. It's crazy to me that this was season four. Wow. And we have grown tremendously in the last season. So you you have joined us at a great time and we're grateful for all that you do. I think our Thank first, you. if I'm right, our first episode of this season was the Okie Dokie Brothers. Yeah, Okie Dokie Brothers, yeah. And holy buckets, to say that I love the Okie Dokie Brothers is an understatement. I think I said in the interview, it was definitely a, a bucket list of mine. And I honestly got a lot of emails and texts from people that really enjoyed that conversation. I think there was just something really authentic about it. I did as well. And really philosophical in a beautiful way. You know, Joe was really easy to get to know, right? There was a mm -hmm. true authentic component to him. He was very genuine. And obviously that comes through in their music, but just the way that they think about the work that they do and how it overlaps with education. It was just, I learned a lot from him. Jessica even dragged me into the middle of a thunderstorm to listen to the Okie Dokie Brothers here in Minnesota. But I'm, I'm curious, Kev, you as a musician, when you listen to the podcast, what I'm curious what kind of parallels you drew with uh, his process. I would say when I was listening to them, they kind of inspired me. I was listening to them and how far they've gone. It actually made me want to go check them out, see what was going on with the Okie Dokie Brothers, because I would say I related to a lot of things that they were talking about. There were a couple of things that were really crucial for me. I think he talked about this this process. They go on these crazy wilderness trips, right? And mm -hmm. really this process of emptying out, Steve, I think you gave it some fancy word. I don't remember what it was. Kenosis. Kenosis. Yeah. Yeah. We'll throw that like one at you, you two. You caught the kenosis. <laughs> kenosis with the mostest. <laughs> See, this is why we mute regularly during our interviews, because I can't oh, really? stop not doing these things. Anyway, sorry, Grainer, keep going. Well, I, 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 again, I just throw it back at both of you. I think the cool idea was giving, having space in your life to empty yourself so that you can be refilled. Kevin, you just mentioned how busy you are, and I was wondering, and I know how busy Jessica is, how do you two find time for that space that allows you to be not empty in a bad way, but to be empty and open for what's next? That's a good question. I think for me, I mean, to some degree, I actually feel like I, I get space the more I'm with my family, right? There's something very... Mm -hmm giving and probably I take maybe too much from them. And I think the other pieces I've been able to do a lot more walking at work. So I'm trying to be oh, more nice. intentional about my lunch and having time to, there's a beautiful trail around my office. So I've been doing that more. Well, I mean, for me, I like going to the gym and exercising. I would say like, it really just clears my mind. 
Because when I go inside, I mean, let's say I've built up some anger. I could just take it out while I'm working out just to clear everything that went on that day, especially if it was a stressful day. The whole nature and movement capacity that you two are talking about. I think that's what our our teaching audience and our really good friends in education, we just always want to extend permission. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Take the time. It, it, it's it's vital to have space and the connection to nature, which I thought the Okie Dokie brothers brought up in the most beautiful way. Their creativity really comes from being right out in it. Yeah. And I think kind of jumping into our next episode, which was with Michaela, you know, they highlighted, which comes up all the time, this, this importance of educators having agency, of educators having, again, room and space for themselves, room and space for for play, right, for fun, for joy. And, you know, it was interesting going from that interview right into her interview in which she was kind of bringing to us the rawness of what can happen as an educator when that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. the space to empty out. And so, you know, I found myself, I actually found myself anxious to release that episode because I, I didn't want to come across that, you know, we were trying to be too negative of all the downside of, of kind of some of the systemic pressures, but I felt it was really necessary to validate the experience of probably, you know, a lot of educators out there. Right. And I think that like going out and actually finding that space for your own time like let's say you're an art teacher art has a lot of creativity inside of it so I would say if you were just spending time by yourself it's a very good experience to actually regain all that creativity back because if you're just going day by day you're not really thinking of much to do to help with your students honestly and I guess that's what kind of makes classes I don't want to say boring but I would say less interesting because a lot of these teachers don't have that extra time to just be by themselves and think what they wanted instead of just going by um, what the district wants them to do. We really felt I think in her interview the pressure of catch-up yeah. following, following the pandemic which actually is a re- sort of a, a ridiculous idea that the brain doesn't catch up. It doesn't catch up without what the two speakers we talked to, you know, about without some space and emptying and and having time. And yet that didn't seem to be connecting for a lot of leaders who were, you know, pushing our teachers so hard that, you know, here we had what what seemed to me a wonderful teacher who who just had to get out. And and there was an empath tied to her that I think was really worth having uh, her on. I I didn't see it as negative. I, I thought it as teachers being able to relate and go, yeah, this is how I feel. Keba, I mean, you're you're knee deep in in the school experience right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious as for you, like, um, I'm assuming that students can pick up on the teachers that are just kind of overwhelmed and aren't given that agency. Like, is that something that comes to mind for you at times? For me, yes, but for a lot of students, probably not because people are very just used to having some teachers that are always overwhelmed. I would say students really have favorites or favoritism with teachers, not liking some of their other teachers because they're just not seeing what's going on at, behind the scenes. And that's why I really appreciate you guys from, 
for bringing out this podcast because now me personally and other students could probably see what's going on with actual teachers because we're all human beings at the end of the day. The main factor to it is they're just not seeing how it's an actual job and jobs can get stressful. And they're really just thinking that everything could be like all fun and rainbows, I would say, for teachers. Meanwhile, at the end of the day, it's really not some days. And that's why teachers get so stressful with students. Yeah, and that's a really good point, because I do think to, to some degree, and I don't mean it in a negative way, especially since you are a student right now, but there can be a, a lot of emphasis on the students, the students, and the students, and at the cost of forgetting that the teachers, like you just said, are human too. And right. at some point, if you continue to ask them to sacrifice and give them themselves with nothing in return, that is not sustainable. That's not going to mm -hmm. work. What I find as a teacher was energizing, was getting that bit of attention, that bit of care, that bit of conversation where a student might say, you know, how are you, Mr. Grainer? I don't know if that happens with you guys in school, but I can't think of anything more gratifying for a teacher than have students check in on them. It's just a simple question, but it almost brings tears to the eyes of those who get asked because they're so used to not being asked. Yeah, I feel like that's just regular human nature. I mean, people really don't tend to really ask those questions. And I'm not sure why, but I feel like if you really get in touch with like your students or your teachers, and you really build a bond, that's like one of the first steps to really help with that, honestly. Well, and I do wonder to some degree if there's a connection between, I mean, this is probably a broad statement, so it might not be true for all, all schools, but just to some degree, right, we've, we've kind of built this educational system on the power differential, right? Like the adults have the power, the kids exactly. need to comply, mm -hmm. right? Our most behavior modifications, even in schools is very compliant heavy. And so when you exacerbate a power differential, you're innately not leading to this natural, how are you response that we'd like to get to the kids because it is right. so compliant. It is do what you are told and just keep going. So mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming it's connected, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Honestly, there's a big power and hierarchy difference in the school. Once we get to loosen that up, I mean, not not completely, because right. obviously we should listen to teachers. But I mean, we have to realize that teachers aren't really just robots and students aren't just robots. So, I mean, we should really just bond from that. Yeah, the hierarchy isn't serving us. But I, I bet as we're talking about all four of our guests, every one of them were about community. Right. Every one of them were about creating meaningful relationships in, in, in all the different roles we have. It seemed like to me that was a theme that went through every actually through this whole podcast. A hundred percent. And I, we heard through Michaela's story, right? Like what happens when you don't have a sense of belonging as a teacher, right? We focus on that a lot as, as um, the kids, but she kind of lost that sense to her own community and, and then Dr. Gooden comes in and talks about, right, well, that, that shows up so different for even our students and not even just students, right? Again, the adults, uh, and in particular, and we think about just the retention of, of teachers of color, Black teachers in education, right? Like, it, it shows up so many different ways. And that sense of not belonging doesn't just impact the kids, it impacts the adults, too. Right. right. I would say it would start off in school. When you feel like you don't belong there, I mean, 
it starts at a very young age, honestly. And that's something that we really have to address, especially in school, to make sure that we include everybody. Only like a small amount of the class really just raises up their hand to even answer a question. A lot of people are, I want, I want to say afraid to do it, but they just don't feel welcome to be able to do it. Really? Okay, but for you, you said, you know, this is obviously the, the podcast that you were telling me about that really resonated with you, that you're like, there are a lot of things I took away from that. Were there other things that really spoke to you about that interview? Like just the Black experience that he was really talking about. I would say like, for me, there's a lot of group differences with races. And in my school, um, usually a lot of races would kind of stick together. So I would say that we should try to not really break that bond, but try to include everybody. Because me personally, I'm I'm really dark skinned. So I faced a lot of that discrimination. Mm. So, I mean, we should really try to denormalize that and really look at it in a bad sense. I got to ask you too, Kevin, Dr. Gooden, I, I think as we talk to him, he is a bridge builder. What are effective ways or possible ways to build bridges between the you know diverse groups that we have in in our high schools are are there strong efforts uh that you know Dr. Gooden might inspire to to build bridges for me i've noticed a lot of clubs going around like i've just heard about this filipino club and they actually included it doesn't matter if you're filipino you can still join to learn their culture because that's with a lot of people they don't really in in my school they don't really spend the time to learn about different cultures and different perspectives and people yeah. and their families. So I would say that really helps. And then even like in lunchrooms, maybe change something up, bring a different culture. I've actually seen somebody selling um, their own cultural foods. That helps as well. So yeah, like that. when you bring up a good point, right? Like just the, that space for story and obviously the whole episode with Dr. Gooden was titled that there are no disconnected histories, right? Like he really hit home. We're all interconnected. Our stories, Mm -hmm. regardless of how separate you might feel from the person next to you, is deeply interconnected. And and storytelling and giving space for kids to identify who they are and what makes them that way is, you know, it's a must. That's something exactly I remember from Dr. Gooden who said, we're all made of the same material. Race is just a human construct that was invented. And I think when we begin to recognize that and start to kind of play with that idea, connections are more easily made because the differentiation of races is just something we made up and it it isn't from the cosmos. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Steve, what you were just saying, right, of what did you say? We're all made of the same stuff, essentially. It does go back to what we were saying before of the hierarchy that exists can be such a buffer. And at the same time, if we can acknowledge the humanity of the educator and of the student and the power of that reciprocation, and it kind of carries us into our last episode, which we just actually released yesterday. So we're recording early because uh, we have to do the editing. Yep. So Becky's episode came out yesterday. Clearly, I'm biased. I really like that episode because that's my cousin. Yeah. But I, I think, I really think, and, and I'm not trying just to connect dots to connect dots, but I really think when we think about the sense of belonging, we think about learning from others, 
right? All those things that we've just talked about. Drama and theater can be a really good place to do that. I am partial to that, you too. And I, I try to instill into my English classroom all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that is where kids work together and, and really developed an attachment to each other in that whole world of drama and theater and poetry and performance. You as a musician probably readily know this. There's, there's something really pressure about performance, but then there's also something that where that pressure forms you and teaches you a lot. Right, 100%. Like, I mean, because it's coming from your own heart and your own mind, like, it builds character in you and it builds confidence in your own self. Because let's say 10 people dislike it and 20 people watched it. I'm telling you, like, Five of those 20 people are going to like it, are going to really like it. Well, and even specifically with theater and drama, I think there's another component to that, right? Like at times artists, and maybe you experience this, like you're, you're, you're at times coming from more of an individualized perspective. Whereas in her space, in her classroom, it really challenges the kids to come from a really, a true community perspective, Right. right? Like you've got to connect in you know, really act with those around you. Yeah. And I, I always remember when I was in my drama class, like we were always in groups, like you were never working by yourself. And I mean, it just really brings the community together and you can learn different things about different people and what they really like. So I built a lot of friends in that class, honestly. Yeah. That's cool to hear. Grainer for you, you've referenced several times, right? That you have used theater and drama. Can you give some specific examples of how you did that in your classes? One of the most fun ways was I would uh, take characters in a novel and write descriptions of those characters. And before we ever read the novel, I would hand out what the character was like, any characteristics that that would define that character. And, And again, I want to emphasize the class had not read the novel. And then I gave every kid a character. And here's who you are. And now we're just going to socialize and go around and meet everyone in this novel. And you got to share who you are and what you do and who you know. And of course, they never forgot those characters because it was a very active, moving, learning experience. Instead of me just telling them this character, this character. No, you are the character because the only way you're going to get to know everyone else is mix it up. And they built bridges before they ever read the novel. And then once they read the novel, oh, connections were made. Whole idea of vulnerability. That's what happens when performance is involved or or specifically drama, for sure. And you have to put yourself in a vulnerable state. And that's a great state to learn in. Right. Yeah. You're, you're going to always have to open up and express yourself, I would say. Yeah. Well, and, and even, you know, that space that probably feels a little bit more safe. And there were several things that Becky said that I really enjoyed, but But really, one of the things that I think hit home the most was that example of that student, because she gets that longitudinal view of all the kids. And so she had a kid from first grade to fourth grade and these minute, tiny baby steps like for her added up. And so that space feels probably way more safe in a way that we don't typically experience in the the traditional classroom where it's a brand new person every single year. And she sees Becky's face or he sees Becky's face day in and day out it might take four years but there he is getting on stage taking on on a role in a play which no one would have assumed would have happened 
when he first started. And so I think there's a reason why sometimes those spaces can be a little bit or feel a little bit more safe than maybe other environments. Because bonds really um, build through time. And, and even if you're bonding with somebody, like that can also really help you to really express yourself and who you really are. That minute details and little baby steps really help. You guys are making me think back to my senior year in high school when I would go from football practice to musical practice in the same season. The parallels between being a football team player and being in a drama were very much the same because there's the risk involved in performance. There's the risk in getting it right. There's the risk in playing off of one another and and having and communicating with one another, both in team sports and in drama. And man, that was a rich, rich experience that actually changed my teaching when four or five years later, that's what I was doing. Similarly, like sports were an active part of my life growing up all throughout school. But I I will say, I actually felt like my times in in the choir sometimes felt even at times stronger than some of the sense of belonging that you would get on a team. Because unfortunately, what can happen is that, you know, the older you get, the less opportunity you have to find a space on a team, right? Like you have to excel to a certain degree. And what I feel exists in theater and in drama is that they they try to make a space for everyone. That level of diversity sometimes just feels a little bit more, feels a little larger than sometimes I experienced in the sports world. More cooperative. um, It it really brings that, which actually makes me feel like how much I'm enjoying this conversation right now. Kevin, Mm -hmm. because you just brought a new element to a team here and it really feels really good. Oh, wow. That's nice. When you're actually trying to learn something that you actually enjoy, and theater is really easy to enjoy, it helps. Because when like you're in a sport, although you enjoy it, it's a, it's a lot of strain. There's a lot of things that you have to do and you have to do perfect or close to perfect. But I mean, when you're in a theater class, like you can mess up and you'll always get right back up and people will help you out. Yeah. Thank you, Keba, for joining us, for taking, yeah. this, for taking this risk, right? In a lot of ways, yeah. you're doing that. Right. You have a, an amazing insightfulness um, and a maturity about you. So not only are we honored and lucky to have you, you know, being the editor of the podcast this school year, I'm glad that we decided to do this. I really right. am. Great idea. And I'm also yeah. like really, I'm really glad to even do this as well, because it's really nice to know the type of people who's actually inside of the podcast and know who you're actually editing. And I feel like that will like bring a better bond between us while I'm editing and listening to you guys. I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, we appreciate your work so much. And yeah, amen there. Yeah. Amen there. And amen. and for all of our uh, listeners, thank you for following us into season four. Um, but we do hope you're taking some time to digest everything that you're learning. And please do not stop sharing these episodes with those that you work with, with your family, with your friends, because that's what helps us grow. So always a a massive thank you to the listeners. Yeah. Thank you all. All right. I'll see you two later. All right. Bye-bye. Yep. 
to the Lindbergh Senior High student intern who edited this episode. Education Suspended is a production of Intricate Roots Educational Consulting Services. Our producer is Jessica Pfeiffer. Our Educational Suspended website is created by Grainer Media. Our production manager is Gina Hansen. And our music provided by Poets Row.